Hello, everyone. This is Alex Workin. I would like to welcome you back to our weekly podcast. Matt Demeter of Demeter Research is here with me once again, and we have a wonderful podcast for you today. If you're new to the podcast or you're not familiar with our format, we basically talk about the stock market, investment ideas, commodities, bonds, uh, currencies, so on and so forth. So... I want you to do me a favor. If you have a question for either Matt or I, please email me at alex at investwithalex.com. Let me repeat that, alex at investwithalex.com, and we'll typically go through the emails and pick out the best questions and then answer them on this podcast uh, in the future. So, without further ado, Matt, uh, how's everything going today? It's going great. How about you, Alex? Um, I'm doing wonderful. How's everything in Florida? It's uh, back to uh, almost summer weather now, 90 degrees, practically sunny, clear skies. It's great. Yeah, same here in San Diego. It's been uh, hot over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier today. Last time we had rain um, was probably in November, October and November as far as I remember, and it's, it's a real problem uh, here in California. I'm sure you heard of the drought that we're experiencing. So we'll see that, how that plays out uh, over the next couple of years. I would imagine we'll we'll have some significant problems here. Yeah, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Um, how's I, I know you're you're a big basketball fan. How's uh, we down to Final Four? I believe, and uh, it's uh, going to be quite a few exciting games. Uh, what do you think? What are you feeling? Yeah, who's who's going to? Well, my, you know, the way I have it said is uh, Duke over Michigan State and then uh, Kentucky over Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Duke, Kentucky in the final. And that's when? That's on Monday, that's, Tuesday? Yeah, Monday, Monday oh. night. Okay. So you're not going to be working. <laughs> <laughs> not, at, not at 9 o'clock on Monday night. I'll be watching for sure. Yeah, well, you're going to be tired, pretty tired on Tuesday morning with for, for the stock market. Um when it opens up, that's that's for sure. That's right. who, who who are you rooting for? What's your, what's your number one team? Who do you think is going to win it? I think Duke's going to win it all. I uh, I think you know it's going to be interesting because Kentucky is is heavily favored. Uh, these two teams have never faced each other uh, in terms of this year, or really, as far as I can remember, the past couple of years. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if Kentucky has met a team of the caliber of Duke. That's why I think it could go either way. Uh, but likewise, I don't know. Duke's played some pretty tough teams. They played Wisconsin, and they, but that was very early in the season, and they won. Uh, they, but they played some tough teams like Virginia and uh, Louisville and, uh, in their ACC conference, and, uh, and they won those games. So, I, it, you know, it, it's hard to say. I, th- I think they've played some you know, pretty outstanding teams, and they've won. That's why I think I'd give them the edge over Kentucky. Okay, and from what I understand, from what I'm, from what I've heard, and I'm not as much uh, of a college basketball follower as you are. It's it could be a replay of a, of a famous game that back in the '80s or '90s. Yeah, uh, uh, it was uh, I believe the Elite Eight game uh, in '92. Okay, and that's the, like that. That's the famous shot, Christian Leitner, a last second shot. Uh, wins the game over uh, Kentucky, and then Duke goes on to eventually win the you know the whole thing, the championship. So from that point forward, I think uh, Kentucky fans were uh, not too not too psyched about Duke. Let's put it that way. Okay, 
Um, so that's going to be interesting. Would you? Uh, I know it's kind of illegal to talk, probably to even talk about it. But would you bet any money on it? Uh, since most of our listeners are, are speculators in one form or another. Um. <laughs> no, not, not, not more than not more than five dollars. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a sports betting kind of guy. Yeah, same here, and certainly not with some of the bookers out there in New York and Jersey. <laughs> Stay away from that if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we, we have enough things to speculate on. I mean, we, you know, we've got any market you want to look at, we can speculate on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get to it. Uh, we we're gonna have a fairly short podcast uh, for you guys today. Um, some of the things that we talk about we've covered in the past, and there isn't that much to update you on. But let's start with our usual, which is uh, COT reports. And if you're new to the podcast, basically COT reports are the commitment of traders report, and it indicates uh, where commercials are uh, betting on or what what they are betting on or what they anticipate to happen over the next couple of weeks or months. Um, And typically, uh, the the easiest way to explain it is you don't want to bet against the commercial interest because sooner or later – Especially when it comes to commodities or currencies, they're going to be right, and the stock market or, or the mar- that particular market's going to move in their direction. So, Matt, what are you seeing out there? Is there anything new in terms of COT reports? Yeah, well, last time we spoke about uh, volatility futures, VIX futures, VIX, and the fact that the banks had gone heavily long uh, VIX futures, and okay. and that's. A pretty bearish sign for the overall stock market. It means volatility should be moving higher soon. That's because uh, there's a cost, uh, a real cost to owning uh, VIX futures because you have to roll them every month, and that there's you, you lose every time you have to do that. Okay. Uh, so typically, if you were to get long VIX futures, you th- you see uh, a near-term move in those futures. Uh, and they, if if I remember correctly, they took a significant interest in VIX, right? They did, yeah. They went. They actually went from a pretty big short position to a pretty big long position. So they really just did a 180. Okay. So do you think they're anticipating Q1 earnings because it's, it's such a short-term measure? Well, not necessarily a short-term measure, but like you said, there's a real cost to owning uh, VIX features. Do you think they anticipate Q1 earnings to be bad and, and the stock market to sell off? Is that... Well, that seems like the most like that seems like the most likely catalyst, and I think you were right in pointing that out. Um, I don't know what else they may be looking at. Um, the jobs report, obviously, that we had on on Friday uh, was not good. Right. But we can talk more about that a little bit later. Um, so th- I do think though that they see something coming, in, and I think earnings are probably the prime suspect. Okay. I would imagine that. Yeah. So this uh, this past week. They bought another 12,000 uh, volatility futures, and uh, on, a, on a net balance, they actually it would have been more like 8,000, but still, that's uh, they're now up to 84,000 contracts long, 17,000 short, so net, they're now over uh, 60,000. Wow, that's quite a big position. Yeah, about, about, about 66,000, 67,000 uh, net, and that's, that is a big position for them. Okay. So... So uh, what's also interesting about that particular reading is there's uh, in the COT report there's four different groups of traders and uh, you typically don't, you're just typically focused on the you know the banks 
Uh, but there's another category of asset managers and, and institutions. Okay. And that tends to be, uh, you know, pension funds, endowments, that kind of thing. Anyway, in, when you're looking at volatility futures, uh, it's all banks and, and it's banks and pension and these, these asset managers that are all long. And they're pitted against uh, these leveraged funds, which are typically technical funds, hedge funds, uh, and also another category, which is just uh, uh, large and small speculators. Okay. So and so basically, the funds and the speculators are short volatility, right. and the banks and the and asset managers are long volatility. And that kind of combination is really bullish for volatility. So. Um, yeah, I would, I would imagine that as well. And uh, what do you attribute that to? It's just that this, both those categories, you could make an argument, is the smart money. Okay. The asset, the asset managers and the banks. But both categories are long volatility. So basically... The dumb, the, all, and the dumb money, so to speak, traders are short. So if anything, if you have a portfolio of stocks or your, your overall long... Might be a good idea to buy volatility itself. To either you could do that through uh, VXX, which is a ETF for it, or you could just lighten up some of your positions, as we've talked about in the past. Right. And also, it's important, I think, to mention to our listeners if if they don't follow volatility, uh, uh, is that either we're talking about VIX or VXS, VXX. Both of them are sitting near all-time lows. Uh, suggesting that uh, volatility bottom or that we are near volatility bottom of one sort or another and that some sort of a push higher is coming. So uh, I think that's important to mention um, as well. Yeah, it, it's, just a, it's just a good way to hedge your, your portfolio and to you know, provide yourself some protection, okay. if nothing else. So it's basically technical guys and, and, uh, and the uh, speculators or the small money is, is kind of looking at it and saying, okay, we're, we're still in the bull market, this bull market's going to continue indefinitely, and therefore they're shorting volatility. And then maybe the smart money is saying maybe we, we are at the top, and uh, uh, therefore they're going long volatility index. Exactly. Okay. Before, and be, let me, uh, before we get into, we should talk more about the stock market, but before we get into that, I should probably cover some interesting moves in currencies. Uh, oh, yeah, pl please do, please do. Sure. Uh, the British pound and the euro look uh, very bullishly set up at the moment. Okay. Uh, we're talking about 10 to 1 uh, uh, longs and short uh, as far as the commercials go. Uh, dollar, the dollar futures, uh, the commercials are heavily short. And, uh, as we talked about with Ted, it's only four traders that dominate that, that short position. Okay. And that's a pretty concentrated short position. My guess is those are some pretty heavy hitters that are, uh, short all those contracts. If not, they're going to get, at some point they would get blown out. I do think that the dollar has likely, it's come very close to its, the, top that I was predicting. Uh, if I tweak my charts a little bit, it's possible the dollar already topped. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and then as far as the uh, Australian dollar, that's another one that's uh, very bullishly uh, aligned, where uh, I think in that one, they're almost 100 to 1 
uh, long to short. So they're very net long in uh, Australia. And as we keep talking about every every podcast, so eventually that one should turn as well. But the ones that I'm focused on this week would be uh, British pound and euro. I, I do think it's there's a decent possibility uh, that uh, both the pound and the euro either bottomed or came very, very close. Okay. So um, if, if, if I may go back to the U.S. dollar, you know, did those four big financial institutions, let's, let's call them, have a big short position on the dollar before its run-up started about four months ago, or is it a, a fairly recently established positions, the, well, if, you, if you recall? Well, as I recall, the way it happened, uh, the, as the dollar moved up, they just shorted into it. So they've been short, getting more and more short through the whole dollar move. Okay. Uh, you know, they probably put the bulk of the position on the last 15% of the, uh, of the move. So in other words, if it's, if the, the last, say, month is when they've been putting on uh, those shorts in, in the heaviest amounts. Okay. Well, and I, I asked you this in, in our previous uh, podcast, but do, do you think they might be wrong in, in regards to dollar? I mean, you know, there's there's a potential for, not not a potential, but a very high probability of, of the Fed increasing interest rates. Everybody else around the world is cutting. Um, I understand that, plus the technical setup, as, as I suggested last week, is is fairly strong. What would cause the – well, I guess there doesn't have to be a fundamental or any sort of catalyst for the dollar to go down. It's just – that's the, mar- the way the markets sometimes work. But um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think is fundamentally is going to drive it down? Well, I think it's just too many, too many of the dumb money shorts are – excuse me, dumb money longs are, are long. I just think there's, there's just too many longs. Everybody that's thought about the dollar recently – has decided to go long. I just don't. Th- I just don't think there's that much room to, you know, fit that many more uh, people in. That I, I think they've already decided that they want to get long. It's kind of like, it's like anything. When, when the last buyer has bought, you only have one more. You only have one direction to go. Right. I could be wrong. I mean, I agree to the extent that we did have a very major breakout uh, of a down pattern, and now you could say sky's the limit. I just don't. I think two things. A I don't think it ever hit my target low. The dollar didn't hit my target low. Okay. So uh, to me, that means it's still out there waiting to be satisfied. And uh, you know, like I said, I, I just don't know uh, how you how the commercial. I mean, if the commercials have a say about it, and I'm sure they probably do, uh, the dollar is going to weaken. And and the latest data rep- uh, we got with the jobs report that wasn't that wasn't uh that wasn't i mean that wasn't very good for one thing and for a second thing i don't know if there's a lot of political will to keep the dollar this strong as you suggest it might hurt i i think it might hurt earnings yeah i, I think we're going to we're going to see evidence of that in q1 i think the what most people don't realize is that how powerful the dollar move was over the last 4 months and even though you know most of the corporates i call them Corporates, but most most of the large guys do hedge. I don't think anyone anticipated <clears throat> uh, the extent of the move that we had, so I don't think they hedged enough. And I, th- I think that's going to show up in the Q1 earnings. 
um, over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see uh, whether or not my theory is, is correct on that one. Yeah, sure. Um, one other thing I want to mention is uh, in re-reviewing my charts and looking at the oil chart, it's still unclear to me if, it, if that latest little drop uh, was significant enough to break uh, a support line. In re-analyzing it, I think that oil should still be considered uh, on support and that it hasn't broken yet. Any, any new low, however, would, would be enough to probably uh, to mean we're going down to the low 30s. But as of right now, I think, I think oil's still probably fine. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what to think about the oil. Um, you know, you can make, a, a, I guess you can make a bullish argument that everybody's bearish on oil, but, um, just pure quantities of it out there at this point in time and, and the storage issues and, and, and everything else. Yeah, you can, I, I would have to agree with you. It can very easily go through to the thirties, maybe even lower. Um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure where your chart stops, but. Um, anything, anything is possible. So be very. Point being is, I, I think people should be very careful with the oil at this point in time. The the big move down, um, or after we have, after such big moves down, it typically takes quite a long time for for the market to digest the, whether you know it's losses or gains. So it might be a year before we see some sort of sort of a structural bottom in in oil prices. And this is Could be. I, I, I'm, I'm not. And as far as my perspective is, I'm not suggesting people get long oil uh, at all. I, it's not. It's not my favorite asset category anyway. I don't. I, I think it has limited future based upon technology, which we don't need to get into. But you, you know where I stand yeah, on that. Yeah. So. No. Exactly. I think people, if if they're gonna, you know, as we as we talked about currencies just before this, uh, I think it's a much better trade at this point in time because it's so clear, or at least appears to be so clear, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to concentrating on oil. Sure. So, uh, unless there was anything else, I wanted to ask you about uh, what, what we should anticipate this, this next week as far as the economic calendar goes. Um, you know, it's it's pretty quiet in terms of the economic. Calendar. The only thing we have really is Fed minutes, and that's going to be that's going to come out on Wednesday. And other than that, that's pretty much it. But what we're going to have is we're going to have uh, earnings. Uh, earnings are going to start coming out next week, uh, slowly at first, and then it's going to really flood the market. Um, and as I suggested before, it's it's going to be interesting to see whether or not uh, the the corporates are being hurt by the rising dollar, dollar and the slowdown in the economy. I think they will. I think the expectations are too high, and it's going to be interesting to see how the stock market reacts to that. And uh, in, in terms of you know geo and macroeconomic, um, you know it's uh, we don't really have anything new out there. Uh, everything's kind of quieted down in, in Ukraine and Russia and in Greece. Uh, will they default next week or not? Nobody really knows, but I don't think it's going to impact the market very much. Um, neither will Iran. But what's going to impact the market is the earnings next that will start coming out next week. So watch out for that. That's going to be the primary driver behind everything. Okay. So that's all right. uh, that's all I have, Matt. I I I don't really have anything else unless you do. No, I think we covered everything we wanted to. Okay, perfect. So um, 
uh, I'd like to thank everybody for once again for coming out and listening to our podcast. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Uh, watch out for earnings. Um, and that's pretty much it. Once again, thank you very much for coming out and listening. And uh, have a wonderful weekend ahead. Bye-bye.